1: Hi, this is Todd Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to Tina and Jeff
0: on Floors Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Hey, Jeff, how are you this week?
1: I'm sorry. Did you say something? Because I'm still way up in the clouds here.
0: Oh, I, I quite know. Come down,
1: just I yet. wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> As am I. I wonder why. That doesn't seem to happen much these days. But this when I say who dat, I mean a big who dat. <laughs> I mean a who dat, right? With a capital D A T. You are absolutely correct, 38
0: to 3. Oh my
1: gosh, how could you not be excited about the Saints' performance this week against Tom Brady and the Bucks? You know, nobody has said, you know, the Saints defeated the Bucks, everybody has said the Saints defeated Tom Brady and the Bucks. It's like you have to make sure you put that statement out there. That it was Tom Brady's box. It wasn't just the Buccaneers. There's well, that's a because that's been
0: all the talk the entire season. Is Tom Brady new team? What can he do? They had been really hot in the last couple of weeks. They just signed Antonio Brown. They have all these offensive weapons, and they just came out. and When I say lay an egg, <laughs> it was a dozen of eggs. Yeah. It was it was bad. It was his worst performance of his career if you look at the stats uh if you're you're your fantasy football he had like five points they said that uh, he's never been swept before by a team in his division he was swept by us which is great considering that we are literally you know one game ahead of them so depending this could be very very important down the line
1: yeah it was a massive game the importance when you look at the nfc south and we see, we see. Atlanta has turned the corner. They've become a better team. They're playing better football. They're not blowing games right at this moment. So they've, they've kind of ripped off a couple of games in a row, and they're back in the mix. So you have Carolina and Atlanta at three wins, and you have the Saints and the Bucks both at six wins, and now the Saints hold that tiebreaker over the Bucks, and that is massive. When you look at going into the end of the season, this be, especially yeah. this year, you know, it could
0: be very, very important down the stretch. I mean, we, they, we went into this game and took a 14, nothing lead in the first quarter, 35 unanswered points. They did not score until the fourth quarter. And honestly, I would have loved, I mean, the, the game for the exception of the single play where, uh, Jared Cook lost the ball in the uh, red zone. The, it was a perfect game. Just to give you an idea of just how lopsided this game was, Drew Brees' passer rating was 135.2. Taysom Hill was 118.8. Jameis Winston came in in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left, 116.7. Tom Brady, 40.8. 40. That's how bad Four. and how lopsided this game is that our backups had better passer readings than Tom, supposedly the goat Brady. I mean, it was a terrible game. We talked about this last week on the show. And what did I say? They needed to get pressure on him. He could not move. He could not get out the pocket. He, the, his receivers and him were not in sync. It was just the game was all over the place. He threw Passes that just look to me for somebody of a, a rookie caliber player to be throwing these kind of passes, especially halfway through the season, because all the talk was about him getting in sync and getting the rhythm and chemistry with his players. And he had seemed to have that not in this game. This was a completely different Tom Brady, completely different books. I was all for it. It was awesome. It was a great game. And we're now sitting, like I said, at six and two on top of the, we are actually on top of the NFC South. We are number one in the actual NFC and our, our overall stats at the midpoint. And I say midpoint of the season are just really good. We're improving in the points that we needed to. I didn't see those stupid sloppy penalties. Right now we're third in total defense, fourth in scoring defense, ninth in offense. I mean, it's just, you really, you can't ask for more. And I hope and pray that we are not, peaking right now that this is just the preseason's over everybody's clicking we're getting healthy we had mike thomas out there who really wasn't a factor kamara i mean he 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 played well but he not like the he was a non-factor for the first time
1: this season he was a non-factor
0: it was not i mean drew was just throwing passes to like people that were like who's that who's that i mean uh that beautiful touchdown pass to uh Tech, I'm gonna say his name wrong because I always do. Traquan Smith in the end zone <laughs> with that toe drag swag was beautiful. That was fantastic, I mean,
1: but, that was a great but yeah, way to it, it just
0: it was absolutely incredible game. They were clicking on all cylinders. I I'm so optimistic. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I say that all the time. But when you have a game like this, that's just so exciting and just literally almost perfect in every sense. It's hard not to get excited, especially against a team like the Bucs, because that's all we've
1: heard. (laughs) You know that I try to play the other side of the coin. When the saints have looked really rough this year, I've tried to talk about their bright spots. And of course, when they look great, I try to talk about the things they have improvement on. And we saw Drew Brees after the game say, we played well in all three phases. We felt really good about it. We had a, a fantastic game. However, there are things we have to work on. Now, before I get to this back to the Saints, I just want to say right now, and I told you this during the game, Tom Brady is the second leading Saints passer in the in, in, right <laughs> now. You know? So he's he's thrown seven interceptions this year. Five of those have been to a Saints player. Five interceptions of his seven this season have been against the Saints. That is an absolutely ridiculous statistic. But let's talk about the Saints. And I think that it was a tremendous performance. I think we saw pressure coming off of the the line. I think that we saw the defensive backs that were really making some coverage plays. We saw a couple of those sacks were coverage sacks. I mean, we saw the, the the defense really gelling and playing well in that scheme. Now, granted, Tom Brady does not do well against the Saints, and maybe there's some type of juju that happens there, but his numbers against the Saints aren't good. The Saints were obviously prepped for that game, and you're right. We don't want to be peaking yet at this point, but there are things that uh, – that need to continue to happen for the Saints. We saw the ball passed around a lot and it's been a long time since we saw that because quite frankly Alvin Kamara has been really carrying I wouldn't even say the lion share. I would say he's been carrying the entire jungle share of carries yeah. for the New Orleans Saints.
0: But it was course, nice for him it was not you know as much as I love him and I know how, how talented he is, it was nice to see him not have to carry that load this week because you, it wears you down da- running that back, running backs of his caliber. You, you know, they don't have their, their, their time is ticking in the league. You don't see them play as long because they just, it, it's brutal on their body. But I mean, he, you know, this far into the season, having a thousand yard season already, he, he I don't want, I don't want him worn out, you know, week eight into the season. So I was kind of glad he kind of got a break, so to speak this week.
1: Right. It was good to see him get a break. He needed it. And I want to tell you another interesting statistic is that Trey Hendrickson, a guy that we hear his name every now and then, this guy is third in sacks in the NFL right now, okay, Trey Hendrickson. This is something that we're used to saying about Cam Jordan. Mm -hmm. And we saw the pressure that Hendrickson, not just the pressure that Hendrickson was on, but the tackles. It seemed like he was all over the field and we saw the disruption. And last week I said it, we talked about Cam Jordan and what was happening on the defensive line and how that double team was happening and how they were bumping him off. Did you see what happened when they showed Cam Jordan in single coverage he disrupted the entire offensive line, and he was able to get right through so that even though it may not have been Cam Jordan making the sack, your Trey Hendrickson, whoever was coming through, was still able to make those plays. And that was a massive thing that we didn't – it doesn't show up in the stat line you know, disruptions, but you could see the disruption that Cam Jordan was, was, was giving the Buccaneers – when he was against single coverage and we talked about that just a week ago. So Yeah, that he
0: was basically we weren't hearing his name. All which was really alarming because, like he, him and Demario Davis, those were the two guys you were constantly hearing. So uh, mm-hmm. I was I was happy to see that, and I know uh he got a little Trey got a little dinged up towards the end of the game. So I'm hoping uh once the team starts practicing, we get the first injury report tomorrow that it was nothing serious because we definitely
1: need him on this team. Yeah, that'll be coming through, and I think the Saints are in a good position right now where they've got a lot of confidence. They're going into a game this week at home against a 49er team that is decimated, to say the least. I mean, they are down to – I think last week they did not put a single player on the field uh, offensively that was on the roster uh, – well, actually, that started last year. They were on the roster. Yeah, they, they, they are uh, –
0: this is not our normal 49ers team we're used to seeing.
1: No, but and you they, and I both know – just like when the Saints-Falcons get together, there is a there is a rivalry with the 49ers as well. And mm-hmm. so I don't overlook anything. I don't say oh, no. that we can look ahead at a schedule. I definitely wouldn't. Jeez. I
0: wouldn't overlook that team because, and I'm going to tell you exactly why, it's very reminiscent of what happened last year when the Saints played the Falcons. Nobody gave the Falcons a shot to beat us. We overlook them and... They
1: came out and they whipped our butt. Well, and I, I think you can say, so, you look at what happened this week. If you looked at every NFL analyst on the national coverage, yeah, and that over goes 30. for CBS, that goes for NBC, that goes for Fox, that goes for ESPN, every single analyst picked the Buccaneers to win that game like yep. it was nothing. over
0: 30 over 30 of them picked uh NFL Network uh, ESPN only one from the NFL Network picked us she her name's Cynthia or her last name's eluding me right now but she was the only one who picked the Saints to win I mean the pre-show they showed it across stream, which was hilarious, props out to the to the uh Saints social media team on Twitter because let me let me tell you, they were throwing out some zingers Sunday night <laughs> after the game because no one, none, no one on that pre-show picked the Saints to win. And, and, and they, Tony, they even said they said it right after they made their picks. They said, Man, you know, we're gonna eat crow if the Saints come out and win. Tony
1: Dungy said that he said, you uh-huh. know, if the Saints are able to pull this game out, we're going to hear about it. And he was the last one picking on the, on the, on the pregame show. And that was just a, it really kind of wrapped everything up. Like that's exactly kind of how this thing went.
0: And somebody asked me before the game, they said, what do
1: you think? And I said,
0: it's, it's, it's going to be a a tough match. It's going to be a close. I I said, it's going to be a close match. I think the saints will, will pull it out. I I think Drew will have us, you know, a fourth, one of those, uh, you know, Three to four minute uh, fourth quarter comebacks, and uh, I didn't expect this. And the the crazy thing about it is Drew was on the injury report on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, limited because he had some sh- uh, soreness in his shoulder. So let me tell you, if that's what it takes to have that kind of performance, let Drew be limited every single it would week. Be sore Give as that man as it some to. rest, you know. And he, he 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 brushed it off. He said, "Look, I'm 41. He's like, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna have some aches, but I keep on ticking." L- Look, let, let him be limited every single week if that's what's going to take. I mean, because he he had a great performance, he really did. I mean, all our quarterbacks. Did. It was nice to see to, uh, James Winston get a little time in in the fourth quarter, but uh, it, it it was a great game, very well rounded, just clicking every, everywhere. And I and like I like I said, I hope we're not peaking. I don't want to try to read too much into it. It is hard though. I am a v- very much a realist when it comes to my my team and in life, but I am still a Hootie, born and raised new orleans girl so of course i want him to do well and this was an incredible game i, I the the game that we had against them the patriots and brady in 2009 where he uh, brady got benched and of course everybody remembers that photograph it, it went viral where he was sitting on the bench looking at the scoreboard and just utter disbelief that was one of my top five games on my list of all yep. time with the Saints because it was just because it to me it was like everybody was talking about the dynasties over, the dynasties over, you know, not this year, it was a Saints year. That was the game that where we were finally getting respect by the media after we beat the uh Patriots that season. So that was like one of my top five games. That this game that just happened Sunday night against the Bucks and Tom Brady, that is
1: superseded this game. <laughs>
0: and <laughs> I've had
1: a lot of people say that. This it, one really it, it, and the reason being is a, a big just, deal
0: do I do, does that mean, Hey, we're going to, it's going to be a do-over. We're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know what's going to happen. There's, there's a lot of game, a lot of football left, a lot of games left, but this game in particular, because of the way we won with all the injuries we've had, you know, with COVID craziness and just the fact that nobody gave us a shot and we just came out there in prime time and showed it up. That's why I say that. So, well, and I is-
1: think that there is a part of it that look at this season and look at the games that we've played. And we've talked about the return of the Cardiac Saints. So in our last four games, our last four games were decided by six points or or less. Our last three games were three points or less. And the Saints haven't had a ball game this year that you could kind of sit back in the fourth quarter and winning or losing, (laughs) just take a, just take a breather and, and take a sip of your beverage, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. this was the first time that we ended up in that position. It was nice,
0: it really was. And and we and I said this last week to you. People were saying, you know, well, the Saints could do this and the Saints could do that. And what did I say? I said, you know, look, look where we're at. We're five and two. You can't complain. And I, I mean, if you if after watching that game and you still have something to say, other than just, you know, really nitpicking the little things that we need to improve on, because obviously they're not perfect and they do, but, but I mean, if you're going to sit there and still say something after we're six and two now, and we beat the team that everybody was ready to crown two weeks ago, I I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I mean, six and two at this point in the season you really, you cannot, I mean, because the other two games that the two games, I mean, say the other two games, the two games that we lost, you know, when we went into lost. Vegas, I mean, obviously, the way it was set up, you just, you don't expect because it's their first home game and everything going on the way it was and the hype over it and they were supposed to be fans and they want to open up, you know, their new stadium Okay. So we lost. And the Packers at that point, the Packers were rolling on all cylinders themselves, which now they're not looking as good as they did. They just caught us, I think at a bad time, but I mean, since then, honestly, I mean, we've been doing really well. Well, So Aaron Rodgers had a start
1: to the season. That was unbelievable. The Raiders, we played their home opener in that absolutely amazing brand new stadium. That was in the earliest days of the season So I think that you are watching the team progress, but I think that the most important piece of the puzzle is that last night, what we saw out of Drew Brees is what we've been, is the opposite of what we've been critical about since the beginning of the season, which is that constant here, Alvin Kamara, you know, the swing, the the swing pass, you know, four yards, five yards. We really saw the ball movement last night We saw the distribution go out to, I think, I think I caught a pass uh, Sunday night. I'm I'm not sure, (laughs) but we saw the distribution go to everyone on the team just about. And that is really where Drew Brees shines. And we hadn't quite seen that this season. So I'm, I'm thrilled with the win. I think that's a great sign. I want to see the saints go on a roll. We know there are some tough games coming up in the schedule, but this Sunday should not be one of them, but I hope they prepare like it's, it's, you know, I hope they're taking that every game is a, is a, is a must win type of attitude because we're watching and, and the Bucks feel the same way we're watching. I would say arguably the two greatest in the game, right? I mean, I would say without question, the two greatest in the game, without now. Doubt. but possibly the two greatest quarterbacks of all time and both of their teams are all in to win a championship. And they just end up in the same division and the saints have a leg up by beating them twice this season. You couldn't ask for a better position to be in right now, because if you were undefeated and you're going into this stretch of your quote unquote, not so difficult games, that's not a place you want to be. We've seen how the Saints have performed in that position, but you got a couple losses under your belt. Your defense is just starting to get hungry. Your offense is just starting to hit on all cylinders. You're relatively healthy. I I I am I am hopeful about where this team is going going forward. And you do not
0: do not want to play the Packers at home postseason. you want to stay one, two, if you can, on top of the NFC, because I don't want to go to Seattle and play. I don't want them going to Green Bay and playing. I want them coming here in our house. And hopefully at the point, once we get to the playoffs, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. I mean, we know there's going to be more fans gradually, just depending on, you know, how things are, but hoping that we have 15,000 at that point into the dome. Uh, And I'm getting way ahead of myself into January, but I mean, as it stands like right, right now, we're number one in the NFC. We can stay in that one, two, we've got those games, they've got to come to us. I don't want to play in Seattle. I don't want to play in Green Bay. Those are two places that have always given us problems, especially you don't want to play in Green Bay <laughs> in, right, in right. January. Right. I don't play in Green Bay now, but definitely don't want to play in Green Bay in January. So
1: well, when you when you look at the next couple of weeks, okay, you, you've got a showdown with the 49ers this Sunday. You roll right into the Falcons, which I don't give a dang, uh, for lack of a better term, of what the Falcons have done, you erase the records. If the Falcons were zero and eight right now, you still erase the records when that team comes into into the the Superdome, and then you go into the Broncos. You play the Falcons right again, again. after that. Again, right? Like you have got you have got a schedule that on paper should be a, a very downhill. Like you know, we're on the we're over the hump, but. You've got some very difficult obstacles that you have to get over. The biggest game
0: of the season is on on my birthday. That's on my birthday. (laughs) And we're playing at home. That is going to be our biggest matchup of the season. I am super excited for that game. Um, I'm still on the fence on whether i'm going to go because as we talked about before i did opt out this year but i mean that doesn't mean anything i can get tickets on the secondary market i've got friends you know that 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 opted in that i can say hey give me an early birthday present but i'm still debating on whether i want to go to that game but that is going to be the biggest game uh, of of the season for the Saints, and uh at least it's home (laughs) that's all i can say because man at home Mahomes is just, uh, I mean, after the last two weeks, it all shifted from Russell Wilson MVP talk to uh, Mahomes again MVP talk, which I mean, hey, what about Alvin Kamara MVP talk? Let's talk about him. Uh, I mean, I I think
1: that there are people that are putting him in the conversation.
0: At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.
1: And then you see, you know, once you really kind of dive into it and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is going to be something that a lot of people get upset about, but Alvin Kamara, although he has played like an MVP, has been used as a crutch by this team, which is why I was so excited to not see him in that position this week. Now, has he made amazing plays? Absolutely. He's been unbelievable in what he's done when he's carrying the football and quite frankly it's a miracle in itself that he hasn't gotten injured this season but I, I i know but you have to say it because of the way he's been utilized the way he's been hit the way that he attacks the field is something that we see and very badly previously but uh i i think that you can put him in that mvp conver- conversation but I think the fact that he's utilized the way he is does hamper him in that conversation because it's not that they're handing the ball off or that he's going downfield. It's pretty much a repeat of the same play over and over that he's successful on, but what he does with it is something special. His numbers this week aren't going to help him. I think that we have not seen even the best of Alvin Kamara yet this season. So I think that ultimately he will be in the discussion. But when you look at, you know, the guys like uh, Mahomes, Mahomes was, you know, he's been he's had his back against the wall several times already this season and somehow finds a way to pull out wins. And look at the look at the poor. I hate to hate to say it this way, but the poor Panthers once again this week lose by a field goal. Teddy Bridgewater has an amazing game against the Chiefs. I thought they had it. I thought for sure. I I thought they had it too. And it comes down to another sly record breaking field goal attempt. If they could just get this guy like six, eight yards closer, I think that he'd be considered the best kicker in the league right now. But um It was really tough to watch them go down like that because of the love that I and a lot of us have for Teddy Bridgewater. But um, we saw the Chiefs come back and pull it out. And we're seeing them do this over and over again in the season, which is why, you know, at this point in the season, how can you not say that Mahomes is the MVP? I mean, the only other guy that you can even point to right now, in my opinion, is the guy up in Pittsburgh and you saw what he did this week when that game looked like it was all lost. The Pittsburgh Steelers came back and won and uh, just, uh, I, we haven't seen, we haven't seen Roethlisberger play like that in, in many years and he's really coming together. And that's to say, you talked about the way green Bay started the season. Aaron Rodgers had one of the greatest starts of a season In history to start this year, and And he got banged up. Roethlisberger
0: got banged up in that game. He did, and uh, today, and today he was placed on the COVID list. So that that could seriously, I mean, if he doesn't play this week, um, that could seriously hurt his chances, like you said too. So it, it just this is like we we've mentioned before. This is the time when your elite teams. Are starting to separate themselves from the pack, and you're you're going to start seeing the same names over and over and over. You're going to hear Patrick Mahomes. You're going to hear, you know, Alvin Kamara. You're going to hear uh, Ben Roethlisberger. You're going to hear, even though Russell Wilson, they said. You know, after the last couple of performances, but you're going to hear his name. You're going to keep hearing them. You're going to hear these teams. You want and, and the thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to be on anyone's radar. I always like how the t- for whatever reason the Saints seem to perform better <laughs> when they go in. You know, as the underdogs, and nobody's really talking about it. They come out with swagger and a little chip on their shoulder, and just like case in point, you know what they did this past weekend when nobody gave them a chance. I don't want to be. Everybody sitting there going, Hey, look at the Saints, look at the Saints. I mean, every talk show yesterday, uh, G, uh, GMFB and and ESPN and, and Shannon and um uh uh i can't make it his name now we're talking they're all talking about it they're all talking about saints i'm like this is not what i want because i know i've seen too many times how the saints have performed they get a little cocky and then you know they come out and lay an egg in a game that's really important and like you said we've got some big games with division games coming up so i mean even though they don't really mean anything in a sense of hey we're playing the falcons we still need to win so we're right now we're we're undefeated and we've got to we've got to keep that we want to stay up there especially if we're gonna keep going back and forth with the bucks because like you said this game towards the end of the season will matter a lot more if we're sitting literally you know at the with the same record or a game off because we could wind up facing them again in the playoffs
1: right it's not over until it's over nope. and there's a lot of season left but it is a good position to be in and you were talking about the cream rising to the top and people starting to separate themselves you know this week and this week in college football Alabama became the number one team again. Of course, they were supposed to face off this weekend against our defending national champion, LSU Tigers. What happens? Well, Alabama goes into the weekend, ranked last weekend, ranked number two. And Notre Dame... Wins one of the most exciting football games I have seen in a very long time against the number one Clemson Tigers. That puts Alabama in first place. LSU slated next on the schedule. And what happens? Of course, they don't have a quarterback to start. Miles Brennan is injured. And then now there's a COVID outbreak that has happened at our own state school. Yes, very, very bad COVID break. That's right. So they've just announced now that LSU Alabama is... Next, it is not happening this uh this week at least they said they're going to explore rescheduling opportunities but um you know we've already had a, a florida game that's had to be rescheduled and quite frankly i don't think lsu and their fans are that upset about it because this means two years in a row lsu doesn't have to lose to alabama right right right
0: and because <laughs> bama has been blowing away their opponents
1: Alabama has been has been blowing away their opponents I think that uh, it has been a it has been an interesting college football season to say the least you've got some teams that have only played one or two or three games you've got teams that have have played you know seven and eight games to this point everybody's kind of all over the place I do want to give a shout out to ULL they are back in the rankings this week at number 25 in the AP poll as they are six and one and finally back they had they had gotten I think as high as 16 or 17 yeah in the they were early in the portions of the um, season yeah. and then they fell out because they had a loss but they're back in the rankings now so the state still having a showing in the in the uh in the polls that's always good to see
0: yeah, it's going to be hard for them to reschedule that game because they've already got the um, the Florida game rescheduled December 12th. And then the SEC championship is
1: the 19th of December.
0: So yeah. I, don't know where, where I don't know how they can reschedule this game. I, I really don't,
1: don't. I don't think that's going to be rescheduled. I think you just kind of have to chalk that one up to uh, what we what we call 2020 and uh and kind of and kind of move on from it and And there could be there could be like long-term
0: ramifications the following week because right now they've got four players testing positive and they have got like i think six six or eight they said in quarantine and we're down to like you know one quarterback so this i mean depending on what happens with the the ones that are in quarantine because obviously they test them every day i mean and there's a two what is a two-week uh quarantine So if they test positive, I mean, we may, depending on what happens, we may not be able to play that Florida game either.
1: I I think Coach O would just like to uh, get this over with and uh, focus on getting the guys who need to go on to the NFL and need to graduate to graduate and uh, start thinking about 2021. And it's okay. You know, you've been on top. You won a national championship. You went into COVID. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody even knew what LSU would look like this year. But uh, but ultimately, I think that you just kind of go. You know what? We focus on next year. We get through the schedule. We try to get the players who are going to move on to move on, and and that's 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 all you can do, right? Yeah, you are
0: exactly so right.
1: I, and plus, it's probably a good thing they didn't have a game because as of this morning, for the eighth time, the <laughs> southeastern Louisiana area was in a in a in the cone of uncertainty once again as tropical storm Ada. Makes its way through the Gulf of Mexico. Hopefully, luckily, this as of this evening, that has shifted back to the east. But as we have learned in the last couple of weeks, the models are not very reliable this time of year. So you have to keep kind of watching what's going on. But I, I think that we're hopefully going to be spared of this one. And one other note on the hurricane stuff, I wanted to mention. Um, you know, this uh, yesterday, I had an opportunity to go down to the French Quarter uh, for, for my for my day job. And uh, I noticed that there are still a lot of hurricane evacuees from Laura that are staying in the hotels in New Orleans. Yes. Just wanted to give a mention again that there is still a critical need there are people that have been affected in Louisiana by the hurricanes this year and check out Louisiana Strong on Facebook. There are ways that you can help. There are ways that you can get involved. That is still something that has been completely forgotten with the 29 storms that we've already had and possibly a 30th in a couple of days. That's a whole we'll talk about that one next week. Hopefully not. Hopefully it won't even happen. But um, there is still a lot of uh, people here that have been affected by these storms this year and whatever you can do to help is always going to be appreciated. Yeah. It's
0: been very, very difficult year this year. And uh, people have, have, have come to me and said, you know, it just, it really is unreal. Like, how do you just stay positive? And I'm like, because it's just something that we go through. We'll go years without having any storms relatively come close to Louisiana and this year, just, you know, 2020. So it's we're at the point now where, you know, literally like two weeks before the end of the season, which doesn't mean anything because we've mentioned we've had storms in December. But uh, the main thing is, is people that need our assistance and, you know, getting the word out there and doing what we can. And hopefully, you know, we're not having to uh, do something for Florida. I'm seriously considering it, changing it to Gulf Coast strong because I just don't want to isolate, you know, it to Louisiana because everybody needs that help and everybody needs the assistance. It's just, you know, but we're a little small group and I don't know if I can (laughs) you know, really kind of expanded. I would love to, believe me, if, if, if I could. It's just, it would be harder for me to get the outreach to people outside of the state, you know, information, because right now, I mean, people you know, emailing me constantly and sending me stuff and information. But yeah, definitely get check us out on Facebook and, 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 and catch me on social media. Y'all know I'm always on there if y'all have questions, because I'm hoping we don't have to deal with this. I'm hoping these track, the projected tracks are correct and it stays, you know, far away from us because I don't want to wish it on anybody, but we just, we can't, like Jeff mentioned, there's still people that haven't even seen their insurance adjusters that are living in hotels and, you know, living off of um, loss of use checks from their insurance companies to uh put them in long term uh you know the the extended stay hotels because they can't get back into their ho- their house right now and when you have multiple hurricanes of that magnitude people don't realize this just getting contractors to come out and give you estimates much less get the work started yeah. is a process so what would normally take 2 to 3 weeks to get a roof patch you know is now like 3 months I mean this is this is basically like on the level of what we dealt with with Katrina it's just now because there's been so many Hurricanes back to back to back all over the area. The adjusters are you know strapped, and the insurance companies are taking longer to come through. And I do I know people that are getting loss of use checks from their insurance company because they can't get back in their house and they're staying at like extended stay hotels because they they just don't know how long it's going to be. Their house is inhabitable or you know not not fixable enough to be able to stay there while you're trying to uh, you know get everything all the repairs done. So exactly. you know our thoughts and prayers go out to them, and we'll go out. To florida depending on what happens with the storm and you know hope and pray that nobody has to go through this and we can just get through this 2020 season with no more storms and you know start preparing for uh for the holidays because that's the that's the positive thing
1: coming is we've got the holidays coming that's true i think you said it if we could just get through 2020 you know.
0: <laughs> but I mean we we do we have some exciting stuff coming to I me. Mean, Christmas time is always a a wonderful time here in New Orleans and you mentioned it before about Christmas in the Oaks. And they're uh, driving tour returning this year and the tickets are now on sale. They are doing it a little bit different this year. You do have to go on and reserve your tickets and pick a a, a day and time to be able to do that. But yes, they are on sale. We've seen the articles come out. So that's something really exciting and joyful to talk about because I mean, it's a beautiful display out there. And, and uh, I know a lot of people are excited about that coming back. And and, and especially with the kids, I mean, the Christmas music and cookies and Santas and, you know, Fulton Street does their their really fun snow display on the weekend. So that, that'll be here before you know as, it.
1: As a kid, we did the driving uh, Christmas display at City Park every year. And of course, Katrina, with the advent of Katrina, that was it. So 2004 was the last year that the driving tour existed. And so this will be the first time it's back since Katrina. And of course, it's under these circumstances, but it is absolutely amazing. The park has put a lot of work into this. A lot of their Christmas stuff that remains set up throughout the year has been damaged in the hurricane. They have been working tirelessly to make sure that this is going to be a tremendous display. So I would tell you, make sure that you don't miss it because it's going to be a great time. City Park does a first-class job of putting on the Celebration in the Oaks, all of the beautiful decorations that are out there, a lot of classic portions a lot of newer portions. It's all part of the big picture. And so, you know, that's going to be coming up. And I think that people really need to get out there. And of course, New Orleans enters phase 3.3 on the 11th. (laughs) That is Wednesday of this week. If you're listening to this, it is 3.3. What does that mean to you? You still got to wear your mask and you're still limited to big groups and everything else. But You can go into a bar and have a drink. That is the big change. You can now go in to a bar. Live music can now be permitted with a special event permit. You can have live music outdoors. It's not allowed inside just yet. And you can have outdoor gatherings that were limited before to, I think it was 100 people. That's gone up to 150 Indoor gatherings can be up to 100. This means that if you had a wedding that has been waiting, this is probably a good time to start thinking about getting it done. So, uh, a couple of good things about moving into that phase point, 3.3 in the city of New Orleans. A lot of things that haven't been able to happen are able to kind of start happening. Still not like the doors are wide open. We're seeing what that's doing in some other places. Because right. there not ready been for a spike.
0: That. Yeah, there's been a yeah. spike in some places. And uh, this I mean, this will help the the hospitality and tourism industry for New Orleans because these restaurants and, and these bars and breweries can have more people there. So that's a really good thing there. And then, of course, our locals. Because, I mean, you know, our lo- locals treat our city. There's always, there's always, or at least used to be always something going on in New Orleans. So you know, no matter whether you live in the the greater New Orleans area or on the North shore or and across the river on the West Bank, people always love to go check out what's going on. And this is good for our musicians and, our ba- and, and the bands and for all those bars and restaurants in the quarter because people can come back. Again, go out and enjoy all the culture and the music and the food. Do it safely, social distance, wear a mask so we can stay at this point <laughs> because the mayor has come out and said that if the cases rise and she starts seeing people not adhere to the rules that she's not not afraid to roll us back to phase two and we do not want
1: that. We don't want to go backwards. We only want to keep going forwards and a couple of other quick things I want to let you know about this weekend Destrehan Plantation is going to be having kind of their fall event which is usually a big deal but this year it's a little toned down but you go there's some food booths there's some antique booths a great thing to help raise some money for Destrehan Plantation, which is a fantastic place to go. Uh, That is going on this weekend, Friday, uh, I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday. And also this weekend, our Lieutenant Governor is going to be hosting an open house at Fountain Blue State Park for a brand new thing called Glamping. Glamping, which is a upscale type tent camping that is going to be available at Louisiana State Parks over the course of the next several months. And that's going to be happening again, Fountain Blue State Park this Friday. And that's going to happen from 1 to 5 p.m. You can go check out what glamping is all about, see some exhibits about it. There's going to be some food. There's going to be some entertainment. So it is kind of a nice thing. And the weather here has been still kind of camping-ish weather where it's been in the 70s and 80s. So it's not going to be too cold, not too hot and still get a preview of something big that our our lieutenant governor is going to be pushing in terms of ways that you can get out with your family, with close friends and do something a little different. You may not be a person that likes camping because you like, you know, you don't like the whole idea like bugs and the outdoors and stuff, but glamping may be something you're interested in. So just something I wanted to throw out there and let you guys know about
0: even though we say the weather has not been as nice as it was with the cool front coming through, it's still better than, than normal. We don't want to take the 90s with the crazy humidity and everything. So it's still something to, to go out and do. And I mean, always you can go take a trip out to the zoo. They're reopened. They did lose a lot of revenue over the summer. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to do. And like I said, with all, literally, we're two weeks before Thanksgiving when, when, uh, when all the the Christmas displays and everything, and it's not just Christmas in the Oaks. I mean, we have Lafayette Park, but I mean, Fulton street down by a Harris casino, they do a lot of things, the aquariums there. So there's, there's a lot of things that are open and up and running and definitely go check them out. I mean, if you ever have any questions, you can hit us up online. We can tell you, you know, this, at this point, I think is when really we're going to start to see more events pop up and, and, and I'm hopeful that everybody listens and, and adheres to them because the city needs that revenue and just people are ready to get out now so it's it's at that point in time do everything and do
1: it safely that is exactly right do it safely do it responsibly and let's just keep on doing it yes and as
0: always we want to thank y'all for joining us tonight on floors truly i am tina at the nola girl on twitter and instagram and our official floors truly handle on twitter is at floors underscore truly and I'm here with my awesome co-host Jeff and you can tell everybody where they can find you online
1: Jeff. You know to find me at Danola Rola on the Twitter sphere, or you can get me on Facebook Jeff Momus that's M-A-U-M-U-S on the Facebook. There's no excuse not to find me now. <laughs> Not
0: at all, and we hope everyone has a awesome week. We will see you next Tuesday on Floors Truly. Who that? Go Saints. Bonsoir, cher.